0: Have you heard the birds, the word section three, three, six, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
1: Hey guys, have you checked out three, three, six daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites. That's how easy anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the app store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
0: Hey, This is Big Bad, Bud Norris, and you're listening to Section 336. It's time for Section 336. Yo, Section 336, Baltimore's best. The number one podcast, forget the rest. Matt
1: Burton, Josh, welcome to guests. The Ravens are back, no nonsense defense. So tune in every week, hear the stories get told. The Super Bowl champs crushing the Steelers and Colts. It's the time of the year, go the purple.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Bert Rohde. What up, coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Sroka.
1: Have either of you guys gotten your letter yet from Michael Eyes asking you to just go away? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no but i
1: wish i would i mean he's, he's, <laughs> on, he's on a roll he's on a roll here so
2: yeah i i didn't become a fan this year so i think that i uh, my head could be chopped at any moment sure yes i'm on the chopping <laughs> block any long-term loyal Orioles supporters are on the chopping block maybe
1: i'm trying to figure this out i don't think it's long-term orioles i think it's anyone who jumped on during the buck era. So mm. I think he's clearing the bandwagon is what he's doing.
2: Mm.
0: So Fair hopefully that means Chris Davis uh, in the coming weeks, too. Yeah, well, he, he should be a part of that.
1: If you're a player, you seem to be excluded from it. But I'm sure that's just getting started. It'll be fun to see uh, what Elias does this offseason in regard to players. He can't just fire them as easily as coaches.
2: I like how Chris Davis is going to be the last man standing five years from now. Still on the oh, team. God. it's hilarious. Uh, but what well, we're going to get into, there's some Orioles news to talk about. Uh, you know, the Orioles wrapped up their season this week. Tonight's, you know, that depressing night of no, no Orioles baseball. Or maybe, maybe it's not depressing. I don't know where you guys stand on that. Uh, but before we get into the Orioles talk, let's let's start with some um, different type of depressing. Because um, we have the Ravens to watch. I just don't know if they're going to be worth
0: watching. Bert, are you planning any trips to Costco in your near future? No, but I'm bad do- for running, back. But- I did stop watching the game at halftime uh, on Sunday. At uh, halftime? I did. Oh, Only, Well, I had somewhere to go, so I was listening to it on the radio for the rest of the afternoon. So I wasn't, like, I didn't go to Costco. But uh, I also wasn't, like, angry that I left during halftime. I knew I would listen to the rest of it, but I knew it, it, it wasn't going well. And at
1: halftime, it was, what, 7 to 10. So they were technically still in it. You kind of yeah. felt good going into halftime that the Ravens were going to pull it out. They we were to
0: get the ball first, but they also pulled up that stat just before halftime saying the Ravens are like 0-16 of their last yeah. games trailing at halftime, now 0-17. So. Yeah, that yeah.
2: was surprising. Um, yeah. Josh, rough game for the Ravens, obviously, to get blown up by the Browns. Did, did this leave you with a little bit of... Um, I don't know, uh, seller's remorse, uh, hoping, uh, maybe wishing that the Ravens handled the quarterback situation differently going back to next year. Did uh, you you discourage what you saw from Lamar?
1: You you blew your hand yesterday when before the game was even (laughs) over, you're trying to text and trying to bait (laughs) me into saying something about Joe Flacco. I don't fall for your crap anymore, especially when Lamar didn't have a good game. But I'm not putting any of the blame of, on Lamar on that game yesterday. Our defense is crap. Our defense looks like the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff. They're just there.
2: Yeah, it, it was really bad. I mean, the, the safety work, Earl Thomas tackle. for all his talk, he can't catch anybody. The tackling was, was, was terrible. The coverage outside of um, Humphreys, who did a uh, just a bang-up job against Odell Beckham Jr., outside yeah, of that, it's
1: like he choked him or something.
2: Wow. Well, I was, if anyone's a dirty player who who has a reputation for a dirty player. I think OJ, OJ uh, Beckham is a dirty player, not, not Humphrey, but
0: Humphrey certainly, but Humphrey apologized after the it. game, not Beckham. Yeah.
2: Right. And, and and Humphrey apologized after the game, but Beckham did it. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I was more, but this,
0: I, I was, I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, you know, the, the offense is still pretty good. They're still one of the top ranked offenses statistically, uh, and I gave the defense a break last week because it was Kansas City and it was Patrick Mahomes. But that now you've got uh, uh, Baker Mayfield lighting you up. Uh, that's, that's just straight-up embarrassing. Well, and the thing that I was so
2: shocked by is, and maybe this is just because, you know, uh, historically h- how we do against running backs is, like, running backs don't run against us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Chubb racked up, you know, 160 yards and three touchdowns, Chubb just running past us like we're standing still. Uh, the the running game is what really shocked me. And, yeah, Landry had a great game, um, but Beckham didn't do anything. And But Chubb just destroyed us. So our inability to stop the run I thought was very surprising and very disappointing and certainly does not point to good things in the future for us.
0: Sure. I mean, we stepped on our own toes uh, a few times offensively with balls that should have been caught or feet that should have been in bounds. Um but the way our defense was playing, even if we would had converted on those plays, even if we scored a touchdown, even if we did this or did that, the defense wasn't stopping anybody. So, it, you know, at the end of the day, it might not have mattered. It might it might have been a closer game. It might have been more along the lines of our loss to Kansas City last week uh, if we'd have made some of those offensive plays. But I'm not putting it on Lamar. I'm not putting it on Chris Moore or uh, Mark Andrews. I'm putting it on the defense all around.
2: Yeah, and this is classic, uh, like I predicted that the Ravens would lose to the Browns. I thought they would, and I was right as usual, because this is classic people overreacting to the start, the good start of the Ravens, and overreacting to the bad start of the Browns. The Browns have really good players. They're they're one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they have playmakers on offense. This was true in week one. This was true in week two. They just got off to a rough start, which is kind of expected when you have several new players on the team and so i think the browns were always better than they played in the first three weeks of the season and honestly the ravens probably weren't as good as you know as miami and the cardinals made them look and so i think this was now i did not expect to get blown out but this was not a necessarily surprising loss for me and i don't think this is it doesn't change my outlook of the ravens it doesn't change my outlook of the afc north this is kind of what i expected would happen
1: it, it changes my outlook. First, Matt, thanks for running that wire and plugging in your laptop today. You're welcome. Um, exactly. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's just the Eastern Shore. But um, it does – it did surprise me to be embarrassed that way, and that does make me look at the team differently on the defensive side of the ball because it was so ugly because the offense did their job. The offense – remember, they even came back and scored that – did a drive where they were just controlling the game for a long drive, scored, went for two. We were down by six, and then the very next play, that Chubb's run for that eighty-eight yard run. I mean, the and defense, they had him pinned
0: deep. They had him pinned deep. They had a false start penalty, right. pinning him back even further. And then the next play, the guy runs all over him.
1: Right. So I think that makes me look at this team and be like, I don't know. For all the talk about a world-changing offense. I don't think we've seen any world change in offense. I have concerns about if this offense can come back from a comeback, if they can come back from behind, because we've never seen that yet from Lamar. Um, And I don't know if not even Lamar, if just the other guys around him, if he has the right playmakers in order to do that. I was happy with our offensive line play. I thought they gave Lamar a good amount of time, but our defense the first drive started out really nice where Bowser even got in there and got a sack on that first three and out that the Browns had. Mm -hmm. And then our defense did nothing. And I, the tackling was so irritating where you'd see guys just slide right off of players.
2: Yeah. Not not typical Ravens football.
0: Yeah. If they, if they would have stopped him, if they would have gotten a three and out right there, instead of Nick Chubb taking it 88 yards, you would have seen a Lamar Jackson come back, come from behind victory. We were down by six, down by six, pinned them deep. Uh, time on our side and uh, I, you know I'm like I said I'm not putting any of that on Lamar That's that's all the defense right. it's disappointing and it's embarrassing it's a it's a hard crow to swallow and Lamar threw his, his first two interceptions
1: and I'm not upset about them because they were desperate throws when we're down and we got to do something crazy
2: well the, the first one I agree with the second one the first one was in double coverage um so I, I didn't really like that throw the second um, one was batted. Yeah, the second one was bad. Whatever, that happens. Yeah.
0: But I I think the offense is world-changing if you consider our world has been Joe Flacco for the last six years. Then, okay, yes, it is still world-changing in my but opinion. But that's
1: not world-changing. That's Raven twi- twisting. That's <laughs> Raven adjusting.
0: Uh,
2: what yeah, because, the- because even in a blowout loss, there were still kind of exciting plays you can look back at. So... I'm with I'm with Bert. Like Lamar Jackson always makes exciting plays, even when we lose. You can that you can that's worth tuning in for. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, so far this season, Earl Thomas has been disappointing, and we all saw him give up on that Chubb's run. Um, yeah, I'm here in Jacksonville. It I'm here and talk about Jalen Ramsey and stuff. And there were rumors in the past few year weeks about trading Jalen Ramsey. I don't think the Jags are going to trade him. I think they're trying anything to not trade him. Uh, But do you even think that's the type of player that would help the Ravens defense at this point? Or is it that we need guys up on the line, guys putting pressure on the quarterback?
0: It seems like uh, Brandon Williams being out was a big loss. Um, I mean, he's he's not going to change the fact uh, of what happened, but he would have made an impact, I think.
1: Yeah, that would have impacted Chubbs a little bit.
0: I don't I and I don't think Jalen Ramsey's gonna change the face of his defense either if we were to somehow acquire him. But the other thing with that at this point is that especially with the way our season has gone the last two weeks, his asking price just went way up.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I guess you I don't have think it can go higher than they were already asking for two firsts. When when a first, a second, and Hayden Hurst wasn't enough, I don't think it can really go higher.
0: Well, no, I, and I don't think we would give up anything more than that either, but the Jags definitely would have the upper hand now based on what they've seen from our defense oh, and know how much we would need somebody like well, him. Well, they've
1: already got the upper hand when the Chiefs could use him and other teams, yes. Sure,
0: sure.
2: I don't know. I think this, what we did in this, against the Browns, makes me want Jalen Ramsey less because I – before, maybe you could have made the argument that our defense is one player away from being elite. Now I think our defense is kind of trash. And J-, J Jalen Ramsey makes us less trash, but I don't know if he all of a sudden makes us, you know, at the level of the Chiefs or at the level of the the Patriots. I don't know. If we can't even yeah. beat the Browns.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way that what happens when you get a guy like Tom Brady against us. And the problem is, We're going to have to, we're going to forget Baker Mayfield. We're going to play him again in Cleveland. We're going to have to beat him. But we're going to have to beat, if we want to do anything with this team, we're going to have to beat Tom Brady. We're going to have to beat Mahomes. And those aren't guys that it doesn't matter what Lamar does on the field. That's going to come down to our defense unless we go the route of. Of Our offense needs to put up 100 points and count on the defense for nothing, kind of like we did for years with uh, the defense, where the defense just played the game like the offense couldn't ever score.
2: Yeah, and I don't think our offense is built for that either, right? Our offense isn't built to put up 30 points a night. Our our, our offense is built around the running game um, and then maybe sneak in a couple explosive plays. But, I mean, what was that stat, right? We haven't won a comeback game in what 16 straight weeks, maybe, maybe 17, 17 now. 17 now. Yeah. So I think that says a lot about the spirits offense. And some of those games were under Lamar Jackson, right? They're not all under Joe Flacco. Those lack of comebacks. So yeah, you know, la- yeah last we'll see, year,
0: but it's a week to week league. Yeah. Last year we played the Browns in week five and lost to them 12 to nine. Uh, and I remember being on this show saying the Ravens aren't going to the playoffs cause you can't lose to the Browns and make it to the playoffs. It just doesn't happen uh obviously at that change last year because they put in uh lamar jackson a few weeks later and we were able to squeak into the playoffs and i still don't think losing to the browns i still never mind i've changed my opinion at least for this week that we can (laughs) lose to the browns and still make the playoffs but something's got to change
1: well and what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to bounce back immediately as We have Bengals and Steelers, more division games, and they got to win those division games. They got to win the next two. No doubt, no doubt. Especially when those teams look like crap.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it doesn't change for me the how I see them, their path to to the playoffs. But yeah, we got to take care of business against the Steelers and the Bengals, and that should be simple because they're joke squads.
1: (laughs) We'll see. One of those joke squads will get a win tonight.
2: Yeah, and the Steelers do make me a little nervous just because they're the Steelers. Um, and
1: and because they made that big trade uh, for Fitzpatrick, which seems ridiculous if you don't think you're good this year, and they did that after Ben went down, so they have confidence.
2: Yeah, they do have confidence.
0: It's in Pittsburgh next week too.
2: Yeah, which is never division games. There's no easy division games. So, nope, but we'll I see. like
1: that. I like that we're going there early early in the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. All right, is that enough Ravens talk for you?
2: Got yeah, let's get, fixed? let's get to the end of the – yeah, we got that off our chest. Frustrating loss, uh, right. but we'll bounce back. Let's get to the end of the Orioles season. All right,
1: for the next 45 minutes, we will just talk about the catch. <laughs> and we will analyze it from every angle.
0: Hey, was, was there any part of you guys I, – I didn't watch the game, obviously, uh, but I did catch the highlight and saw – the, the internet blow up and MLB saying the best catch of the year, last game of the year, blah, blah, blah. And when I first saw it, I was really hoping that was uh, Austin Hayes out there playing the outfield. I, that would have just been the cream of the crop, the uh, the creme de la creme of the Austin Hayes ending his season. And that, to see it with Stevie Wilkerson, I'm like, okay, a like, good catch. Good catch, Stevie, right. but like, okay. <laughs> well,
1: MLB is running a poll now for best catch of the year. And Austin Hayes' catch and Stevie Wilkerson' catch are two of the three that are up there. Right, Lorenzo Cain has the third one. That's so, good.
0: good. Good for us. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's right. It's just like when we pass whatever home run record and stuff. We're passing these records and yeah. it, the team still sucks.
0: Or we win like a uniform, greatest uniform contest. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Bay, right. The
1: Bay Sox won the astronaut uniform. The <laughs> best minor league uniform.
2: Yeah, I actually think that I saw that vote with Austin Hayes and Wilkerson and, and Kane, I thought, Oh, that's terrible because now Austin Hayes and Wilkerson, they're going to split the vote from Oriole fans and Kane's going to win. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Class split vote situation. Yep. Yep. But I, but can I say something? Here's my hot take on the catch the see Wilkerson catch. I thought it was like kind of ugly, like, it was one of those. Clearly, Stevie Wilkerson is not an outfielder. <laughs> Let me like do half a split as I roll kind of a- across the wall from the high wall to the small wall. Like it looked right. just so awkward like, that I couldn't tell if it was a great catch or just kind of this lucky weird catch.
1: You mean he, you don't think he's like a parkour guy in the off season?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how it looked yeah, to like, me.
1: Like he was an inch away from just na- from just completely nailing himself
2: yeah it looked it looked like i I voted for the Austin Hayes catch because uh, I thought it was better now there was something kind of really cool and interesting and different and unique with the stevie Wilkinson tra- catch uh, which I know a lot of people liked, but uh, it was just interesting.
1: I went for the uniqueness, so I voted for Stevie Wilkinson.
0: it had yeah. it had like uh overtones of the Derek Jeter into the stands and foul territory catch. But then also Austin Hayes was like an exact duplicate of the Mike Trout catch at Camden Yards. So I'd like to see our outfielders come up with something a little more original next time.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. If if Wilkerson was doing all those flips and spin arounds like on the ground before he caught the ball, that'd be impressive.
0: Yeah. It's like one of those.
1: Falling gracefully.
0: One of those catches you make in little league where you just catch the ball and then you fall down and it looks like you dove for it it. It looks better. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's even more exciting when it happens to like the kid playing right field who only gets a ball hit to him once a season, and it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, so a couple other kind of oral things to get to here at the end of the season. Um, this is the big news. This is to me. This is the 2019 Orioles, the biggest news coming to Orioles all season. Guys, I I didn't think I would live to see this happen. Brady Anderson out, out as Noriel. Yeah, guys, where were you when you heard Brady Anderson out as Noriel? Uh, it's
0: it was, one of those was, where were you moments, people. Yeah, I was probably flipping through my Twitter feed on my couch. Probably, and I don't, I don't remember it being that huge of an impact.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I, right. I was shocked. I, yeah, I think I texted Matt and told him.
2: I texted you and told you, get out of here. <laughs> I could not believe it. I had to verify from other sources. So I texted Josh to verify. No, it was, I, I could not believe it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, isn't it just like, it's just like fitting for how this season has gone, where he he wasn't around and just the whole Elias firing so many people. Of course, it makes sense that he's getting rid of Brady as well.
0: It would make sense. It wouldn't make sense if he kept him at this point. Right, right, right. I do. Oh, you knuckleheads! You guys were telling me
2: uh, not a month ago that Brady Anderson wasn't going anywhere because he was um, the, uh, P- Peter Angelos' little henchman, and he wasn't going anywhere. That sounds his- like something
0: Josh yeah. would say. Right. Yeah. Now we, <laughs> now,
1: we did get. We will have to talk. We did get that great quote from John Angelos this week as well about Baltimore. We'll have to get to that. Yeah, lots of. As to- well, um, but. I mean I it makes you know what it makes me wonder? It makes me look forward to FanFest when nobody knows anyone now. Like uh when all when they're burning bridges with former Orioles like Brady Anderson and BJ Surhoff, um, who do they pull back to sign autographs? The twenty
0: nineteen Orioles. It was like that this year, Josh. The the, the players are walking through FanFest and nobody knew who they were. They could walk around free without people bothering All right. me. <laughs> All
1: right. You're right. Good good point. I didn't go this year. I forgot about that. I missed this past season.
0: I saw one player walking around that I recognized, and that was DJ Stewart, and that's only because he's a friend of the show.
2: <laughs> Can I read oh. my – here is a um, an article on the Baltimore Sun by John Mioli about Brady Anderson leaving, and let me just read my favorite part of the article. It says – in the offseason ahead of 2018 season, he had a significant role. This is Brady Anderson had a significant role in early spring signings of pitchers, Alex Cobb, and Andrew Kashner. And during the 2018 season oversaw the two week break Chris Davis took to try and find his swing. Davis homered on his first swing upon his return.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Aside from that one fluke home run, uh, <laughs> His work doesn't speak highly of him when you look at Kashner Cobb, and Chris Davis.
1: Yeah. No, see, I I like the fact that his role was like strength and conditioning and nutrition, and even that Elias is replacing other guys to handle nutrition now.
2: Yeah, but that was different, right? Under Duquette, like he had actual power and he had yeah. he, he was, was involved.
1: Assistant, yeah, assistant to the BP. Like right, almost
2: right. to the point where we speculated somehow a bit of a power struggle uh between duquette and anderson but yeah.
1: i don't know if i was michael i would fire brady anderson too if he's in charge of nutrition and health and stress like it's a known like steroid guy we don't want to talk about it but he he's a steroid guy who's then trying to convince but he had 50 home runs guys. in the season one time right right <laughs> i mean like do you want to bring in mark mcguire to teach the guys how to work out like, he's got a job somewhere.
0: McGuire is somewhere now. he's a yeah. hitting coach. Yeah. he's a
1: hitting coach. He's not a nutrition and workout coach.
0: Yeah,
1: McGuire had a good swing even without steroids. Brady had—I uh, don't know what Brady had besides steroids that one year.
2: Well, and I always thought that strength and conditioning coach was just a cover for being Peter Angelos' henchman.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I—I I think it was just an excuse to have him always with his shirt off. Yeah. Maybe. Man.
2: But this is another sign that Elias has complete control of this team and yep. complete control of the organization, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Is that good? Yes. Is this what, is this what you want, Matt? Mr. Uh, walk with Elias. You walking um, with Elias straight out of Baltimore.
2: I tell you what, straight if you're going to go world? ahead, if you're going to go ahead and fire everybody that has any ties to this organization for more than two years, gosh, darn it. You better win. You better win. Because if you do all this, and in five years, we're looking at a 500 team, it's then what? Like, what's the deal? So I'm not ready to crown him like most of Oriole fandom. Most of Orioles Twitter are ready to crown him as the king of Baltimore when he, all he does is, is lose so far. I'm not ready to do that. Um, I want to see the guy win first. Hey, come on. He yeah. won seven more games this year than last year. Oh, seven yeah. more games. Okay. If you want to crown him, Josh, then crown you- him
1: keep adding seven games each year and I what's that take another uh, 10 five
0: years and we'll get to 500
2: I'll be dead like by that. then yeah
1: so
0: I, I I, guess I can get that mindset but at the same time like what's the alternative like that's the best option out there is the analytics route the Michael Elias route if we want to stick with uh, the, the same uh, strength and conditioning coaches and nutrition coaches and and hitting coaches and whoever else is getting fired from the minor leagues. Like are, are those the, gonna be the guys that get us back to the World Series? I I'm I'm with Elias all the way, even if it doesn't produce results in five years. Because what's the alternative? We're just gonna fourteen more years of losing of inept management, you know? Well because Am you're I going, crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you're going the you're going the route of like it's it's this way or we're, we're dead. They, the Orioles did prove that with the old way, they did come back and they w- did win games. And we had fun with Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette. They proved. Yeah, but,
0: the, but, but that same group brought back virtually the same team in 2018. It was the worst team in franchise history. Right, right. No, Manny I mean, Machado and Chris Davis and uh, right. Adam Jones and everybody, Jonathan Scope, the whole team that brought us those five winning years was back in 2018, and something changed because we were the worst team in baseball last year.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. And we were doing things that were objectively stupid, right? Like we weren't signing international free agents
1: when we were every trading, other team is. We were trading too many picks away and too yeah. many – too much guys money. away to try to win immediately. Every season was trade your best guys to push us over the hump. Right. So it and, caught up with us.
2: Right. And it was good for a little while, but you're right. Those things will always catch up with you. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the key is, can you build, I mean, I'm with you, Bert. I like what Michael Elias is doing. And I, I agree that, you know, um, he's probably doing, this is what this organization needed. I just take issue with people wanting to crown him before he's won anything. But I, I'm totally on board with, with the analytics approach. I'm totally on board with streamlining. I'm totally on board with getting dead weight or people who aren't on board with your philosophy out of here. I'm on board with all of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all on board with – we're trusting him. We're, we're, we are we're know it's at the bottom, and we know that like no matter who you brought in has to rebuild, and we need to trust that person And I think it's cool because we've never seen the Angelos family give up complete control like they did now. And I think what you're saying where it must work is because the Angelos family has never given up this control. If it doesn't work and doesn't get a World Series, they're never going to give up control again. Like, this is the opportunity. This is as much freedom and liberty as a GM has ever had in Baltimore.
2: Yeah, and I mean and there's other ways to run a team. We saw Minnesota's in the playoffs. I don't know if we're gonna have time to get to the playoff talk, but Minnesota saw like that there was a market this year to for one year deals and they signed a bunch of guys to one year deals. And if you looked at the way this offseason went, there was plenty of opportunities for the Orioles to get involved in this in these signings of kind of these veterans to short term deals. And we would have been more competitive. But when we signed up with Elias, we signed up to tank. We signed right. up to lose on purpose for several years so we can kind of build this organization up again. And so if he's going to take us down this tanking road, I'm just saying, like, there should be a reward for us having to deal with all of all this couple of terrible seasons.
1: Right, right. We're all in on it, but this talk of Mike Elias, yeah. Mike Elias is the only way. Mike Elias builds championships. But he's never uh, done it. He, right, he's never done it on his own. He 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 was part of winning clubs in St. Louis and Houston. But we've seen other clubs like Minnesota, like the Brewers, this year, mm-hmm. like the Rays. These are small market teams that are making it into the playoffs without a a uh, tanking.
2: Yeah, and this is and why well, I think you hope to get to where the Rays are, where. You don't need to tank. You can just keep on doing it every year once you build up the system. But you're right. This has been a really good year for small market teams, throwing the A's in there too, and a bad year for some big market teams, like uh, most notably, love to say it, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Right? Sure. When the biggest salary in baseball and can't even make the playoffs. Are the,
1: are so, the Braves, I guess, the, are the Braves a big market, right? Yeah. I feel like they're always ran like a small market, but that's definitely a big market territory.
2: Yeah, I mean Houston's big market, obviously, the Braves are big market, New York's big. Cubs New York's are out.
0: Big. Chicago yeah. Cubs are out. Yeah, the yeah. Cubs
2: are out. That's another good one. It's good to see. Right. The Phillies, who spent the most money in the offseason by far, um they're yeah. out.
1: It's not but it's nice it's nice to see the Brewers, the Braves, it's nice to see the Athletics back
2: in it. Yeah, it's good to see, because it makes you believe that the Orioles can do it, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: Now, now, now you just hope like the Twins can knock out the Yankees. And yeah. uh you hope oh. the Brewers can knock out the Nats.
0: That'd be amazing.
2: How how are you guys feeling now after game one sixty two? Is it more a feeling of relief that you don't have to watch this team? Or is it like Bert doesn't affect Bert at all because he hasn't seen the team in the past month? <laughs> or like <laughs> like how, how do you how you guys feel now that the season's over? Is it a is it a depressing feeling or kind of happy you don't you don't have to watch this team lose again? Uh, I'm kinda glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> See today
1: I'm fine because I go I go through this every year. The Monday after 162 is fine because it just feels like an off day. It's an off day. Yeah. It's when there's a it's when there's a few days later that it's like I miss them. And like it doesn't matter that they were losing, it was just the comfort of uh having the Orioles on in the background. Having the Orioles on when I was driving. Having it on while I while I'm recording the podcast, having it on the TV next to it. It's just a comfort thing of knowing the Orioles are always there for me even if they suck. So I do miss I will miss the Orioles in a few days. I do it every year. And uh, thankfully, there's some small market teams in these playoffs that I kind of want to root for and I'll watch. So I'll get involved in the playoffs this year, where if it was Red Sox-Yankees again, I wouldn't.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way as far as playoffs goes. Like I'm pumped about these playoffs. I'm excited to watch it. If it becomes um, Yankees-Dodgers, I'm not going to watch a single game of the World Series. But um, – I'm rooting for these small market teams. I'm all in on the. I, li, I really like the Twins. I, I, I like the Twins. That's my team. Um, and I don't hate the Nationals. I kind of like the Nationals. Don't tell anybody though. That's just between us. Um, but but yeah. And I, I, I'm not. I know a lot of people are putting their predictions. I don't like predictions, but I like to. I like to have rooting interests. So even if I don't. I don't know who's gonna win, right? Houston will probably win, right? Because they're the best team. But I, I'm rooting for. Um, Tampa Bay, because I think it's, I think I'm rooting for Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Tampa Bay, because I think it'd be hilarious if you know, if I can't celebrate a World Series, I want as few people as possible to celebrate a World Series. <laughs> if Tampa true. Bay wins, it's like ten people celebrating a World Series. So I, I could probably better. go
1: get a, I could probably go get a ticket and go to that game. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why I'd want to go to a World Series that doesn't involve the
0: Orioles, but I probably could. Uh, you, Apparently, you, uh, you can get a ticket for the Wild Card game in Oakland for forty bucks right now. That's crazy to me. Well, yeah. Are they
1: are they opening on the upper deck, or is really no one want to go? Because remember, the Coliseum is huge. They don't open up that top section most of the time.
0: I don't know. I just saw the headline and repeated it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, if the Tampa Bay makes the World Series, you just got to wear
2: your Orioles jersey and get a seat right behind the catcher, and you can be Orioles man. All right.
1: Can I sit next to Marlins man? Because you'll know he'll be there.
0: You know, looking at this, uh, I – you can say you don't have a rooting interest, and I'm kind of the same way. But I have a uh, interest in who I don't want to see win. And basically, yes. like you said, it's just the Yankees and the Dodgers. Any of these other teams in the playoffs, I'm kind of okay with them. I'm kind of sick of the Astros.
2: I'm kind of sick of them being good. I'm yeah, not. I kind of agree.
0: I want to. I want to see the success that uh, Mike Elias was part of building continue, mm. because then maybe <laughs> by the by the time we're competitive, then we can string together a nice uh, five or six year run.
2: So every time the Astros win a World Series, in your mind, you're thinking that's going to be another World Series win for the Orioles. In exactly. Years. Exactly. Yes. I see. How do you, right.
1: Yeah. Where are you guys at with St. Louis? Because I like Atlanta and I, I get a lot. I get it's a bunch of Braves fans down here. So I kind of want to cheer for the Braves. But I like the idea of like a classic baseball town like St. Louis being back in the World Series. That's another town that reminds me of Baltimore.
0: Well, the Cardinals. It's been a few years since the Cardinals have been in it, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is this is the kind of their welcome back party to the postseason, and I'm okay with it. For a few years there, uh, they were kind of the team where you might get tired of seeing them in the postseason because right. they're in it every year. But it, it, they've taken a few years off. I welcome them back, and I'd be cool with them to, going far.
2: Yeah, I went to uh, Saint Louis has a special place in my heart. I went to their their game in 2005. I think it was the, the last uh, season before they moved into their new stadium. And I was blown away that fans could be into every pitch during a, just a, a regular season game, that you didn't need a Jumbotron to tell fans when to cheer. Like going to that game changed how I viewed fans and how they used the Jumbotron, because there was nothing at that old stadium for St. Louis. There was nothing – There's no kind of – you know how the Oriole bird comes on and says get loud and all those things. Like there was nothing. It's just all – they were just naturally into every pitch. And they knew instinctively as baseball fans when to get loud. Um, so I thought that was – I think that was a really – you, Josh, you're right. That's a great baseball town. So, yeah, I'm, I, I would not mind to see them as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean I think you're right. I mean outside of the Dodgers and the Yankees, there's not a huge – those are the villains. Yeah. I mean, the Nats are fun to hate, but you're right. Especially since Bryce Harper left, It's it's harder to hate the, the Nats.
2: You kind of like Scherzer, right? I mean, that guy's yeah. that guy's a bulldog. I like Scherzer. And I like uh the fast guy.
1: <laughs> That's all I
2: Trey Tra- Tra- Turner. Yeah. Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah, I uh, like Juan Soto too. They got, they got they got a lot of likable players, but they also have like Dozier on there, who's a jerk. But and oh, I always yeah.
1: en- and I always enjoy how, but I do enjoy how like they'll lo- we all know they'll lose, like and get knocked out of the wild card game or whatever, and then they'll fire their manager immediately. Yeah, I love the fact that they overreact as soon as they get knocked out.
2: Well, they ready to fire the manager like a month into the season. These he sells a job. Right.
1: So I I enjoy that when the Nats fail. Yeah,
2: but but you know when the season ended, this I felt this on Sunday night. When the oral season ended, I was already kind of pumped and excited for 2020. Like, I'm already all on board. Like, I started looking (laughs) at um, like Rule 5 guys, and Luke Styler put on Twitter like who's eligible, who's going to be protected for the Rule Mm -hmm. 5 draft. And like Ryan Mountcast is on that list. So, Ryan Mountcast is going to have to be in the 40 man, along with Dean Kramer. And we can get into in the future episodes, get into this 40 man stuff. Um, But I'm excited about. I mean, Austin Hayes, I'm excited to watch him. Did you see they they like uninvited him to the Arizona Fall League, so he's not going to the Arizona Fall League now after right. what he did for the Orioles? We want him Pres- to get some rest. Presumably because they saw him run into every wall he saw at full speed, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, don't put this guy around any walls, and don't put isn't him in the baseball field. Isn't it something special about when he hits the wall,
1: though, that it's always face first? Like, he never puts out his arms to protect him. It's just always
0: like he didn't see it was there. He's probably loving it because he's played on nothing but like wooden billboard fences uh, in minor league stadiums for the last few years. So he's actually going someplace where they have padding on the walls.
2: Right. Yeah. And, th- and this is the first time really to watch Austin Hayes every day. And then you wonder why he gets hurt all the time. And then you watch him play every day. <laughs> oh, that's why he always gets hurt. Exactly. Oh, that's it.
1: But it's also why you love the guy.
2: Yeah, I, but you already you you already see people putting together like lineups with like Hayes and Santander and Mancini in the outfield, Ryan Mountcastle sliding in their first play. Like I'm and I'm already pumped about this. I still don't yeah. know what we're gonna do we starting pitching wise, but I'm already pumped about uh some possibilities next year when seeing some more of these young players.
1: All right, well we'll we'll break that down in the next couple of weeks because we we've, we've got a whole off season
2: we
0: got to some get time. through
1: a, a lot of Oriole talk. And and I'm pumped will. about it. I'm and it, it I'm very excited to see what uh Elias does with this offseason like does how does he does he try to fix our pitching and make it better by bringing in some veteran pitchers that can uh kind of stabilize and help lead some of these young guys and fill in and eat more innings or does he just like ride it out like last year with not no no don't bring anyone in just let's go
2: well I I think this is an I think this is significant that last season he was brought in late right he was hired in like december or something no but i think it was mid november
1: like right before thanksgiving i think
2: yeah and he didn't have a uh, coaching staff or anything right right and so this year he's got a full off season he's had a chance to kind of see how the organization's run and take part so we've already seen him here at the end start firing people left and right um be grateful we haven't been fi- but we're grateful we haven't been fired yet and and so i think I don't know how this translates over to the player side, but we know there's going to be a lot of guys hired in, in the front office, right? There's going to be a lot of hirings at the warehouse. Um, What we don't know is, and Josh is right, is like, was the lack of signings partly because there was just no time um, to, to make all this. And now that he's starting, you know, uh, he's, he's already been in there. Is, Is, there? Like, does he have guys he's targeted already in free agency? Certainly, it's not gonna be big ticket guys, but other guys under the radar that he's already targeted that he's gonna try to try to sign. Um, it's, it's something that I think it would be. I'm curious to see how how that's handled. Yeah, um, yeah, you're exactly right. And how he was signed
1: on what is this November 18th? Okay, so not even it's not a year yet, obviously. Uh, so it is. It's gonna be interesting.
2: And 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 there's like some trade questions marks, right? Like uh, will Trey Mancini be traded after this great year he's had. Will, um, uh, will VR, can you find a trade partner? Um, so there's, I think there's some other interesting roster questions.
1: Um, What do you do with Bundy? What do you do with Davis? What do you do with Cobb?
2: Yeah. Yeah. These
1: guys, these older, older veterans that obviously aren't part of the future. Um, What's it gonna take to get uh, Mike Elias on Section 336? That's what we gotta find out this off season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, these so are all make, important questions. Make our heads explode.
1: All right. Um. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole lot of analytical talk before then. Maybe if we send him a bunch of our stats of like download numbers and stuff, we'll just like be impressed with like that we sent analytics, whether they're good or bad, and think he needs to come on and fix us.
2: Yeah, I saw him, you know, that he's still, I just saw today on Fangraphs, uh, a posting for an Orioles a- economic and a- analytics position. Yeah, the- yeah, so, and, and a scouting iron. person as well. Uh, yeah, and by yeah. scouting, you sit in your mom's basement and look at video all day.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I always click on it, and it's always like you need, like, advanced mathematics, and you need to do, like, sequel charts and all this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Gotta go to Yale. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Not, Though not, if they offered right. me a, a scouting job, I'd probably not take it.
1: Right. I keep looking, waiting for the uh, the
0: podcast host job. Yeah. So well, that's that's yeah. the thing. You like baseball. If you ever take any of those jobs, you'll start to hate it real quick.
2: Yeah, I know. Even if the podcast job opens up, Josh, good job explaining to Mandy how you're going to justify moving back to Baltimore to make twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah that exactly. Conversation. Exactly.
1: The salary's got to be figured out first. <laughs> or or at least uh, plane plane tickets. It's not that far. It's like an hour and forty five minute drive. Flight. I,
0: I would flight. I would do it uh, if it paid more than Section three three six pays right now. <laughs> so
2: you'd do it for zero dollars.
0: <laughs> no, I said more than. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you see uh Did you see all the attendance numbers came out and how Major League Baseball every all every stadium had like a down year on attendance overall but that TV ratings were up. But with the attendance, the Orioles had their worst attendance ever at Camden Yards and they still beat out the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays, which is crazy that Tampa Bay is so bad. Like you were talking earlier, even though they're in the playoffs, no one goes to see them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of why I'm rooting for them because someone needs to root for them. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> I don't, I didn't see that. I was too distracted by the stat that says, uh, Boston Red Sox are going to raise their ticket prices next year. <laughs> you see that article? Yeah, so, yeah. No, no,
1: but it makes sense. That. Sure. I don't know. I think I was shocked to see that as we're talking things with the season ending, um, I was shocked to see that the Rangers are getting a new stadium, that this was the last game in Arlington Park.
2: Which I feel like just opened up. It, I mean it must have been opened up right, around the same time Camden Yards. No, it was after Camden Yards. It was Yards, after right?
1: Camden Yards, yeah. It was definitely after Camden Yards. It was one of it was like that in Cleveland were based on Camden Yards.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So I was I was surprised by that.
0: Like, or this doing? uh this downturn in major league baseball attendance, which seems to be across the board. Uh would impact the building of any new stadiums that they're not going to build them to the 50 mm. to 60 capacity anymore because they're never going to sell that many right. tickets. I think
1: I, I love that idea. I love the idea of building building stadiums to 25 000 to 30,000 seats and yeah. making them smaller and uh, more intimate. And I like the idea of there's some like drawings going around with rethinking this. I think Deadspin had an article about it where they were talking about and they make, and what they did is they would leave like they would seed in was like twenty five thousand seed in bowl, but right behind home plate and like out center field, outfield, they like left open to like standing room only. So like if your team was really getting in, into it, you could pack in those areas and bring people in for like big playoff games and stuff. But it's also like where these like bar standing bars and stuff and places where you could have a great view of the game. But also, it'd be like a secondary thing that you're doing. And I yeah. like that idea. I like it being part of like a town center type thing. Vibe. That's interesting. So, yeah, I, I yeah, do think that...
2: Uh-oh. Is that Somebody's house answer? on fire? It, Eastern Shore, we have things called fire trucks. Sometimes they drive by my house. You know, speaking, <laughs> of,
1: speaking of fire trucks, I had one show up at my house last night.
2: Oh, oh what happened?
1: happened? Around 1.30 in the morning. I had four <gasps> big men in my bedroom. <laughs> well, that's a that's a normal night for you. Yeah, not not on a month, Sunday night. Oh, so they do that on Friday nights. <laughs> right. So so Camden was sick this weekend, and then she was fine on Sunday, perfectly fine. Went to church and everything It was all good, and then she woke up screaming at like 1:30 in the morning, saying she's freezing uh, cold, even though she's dressed in like footy pajamas and we're in Florida. It's not cold. So, I wrap her up in blankets. I start holding her. Mandy takes her temperature, and it was like 97. It was like lower than what it should be. So, Mandy was freaking out, and she goes, Should I call the uh, uh, virtual doctor, like the tele doctor? And I said, right. Sure, go ahead and call it. And then she goes out of the room while I'm keeping camera, And she comes back, and she goes, All right, they're on their way. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she said, well, the teleplace wasn't open, so I called 911.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! For a fever? <laughs> for, for, well, she it's not even a fever. 97.
1: It was 97. It's a touch so, below so normal. <laughs> so, Mandy, yeah. so Mandy freaked out and thought it was hypothermia because it was a lower number, and had a had the ambulance come over and these four big guys in my bedroom uh, checking Camden and taking her temperature, and their thermometer also said 97, and she said and they said that's no big deal that's close enough she's fine it's probably just uh, not it's just a flu thing just deal with it so they're like they're like we can take you to the emergency room but we'd have to charge you for that or we could just go and i'm like we're fine you can go
2: so a little did, did, did you at least give him a tip josh give him a couple ones in there
1: i don't think they were that type of firemen <laughs> it's still nice to tip i i don't i don't know how that works I was just holding my tongue and being nice and not saying something stupid to my wife for calling an ambulance
0: over a fever.
2: Do you think maybe so, your wife just wanted to see a bunch of firemen in her house? Yeah.
0: This isn't the first time she's called the firemen. This is the
2: first time that you're home when it happens.
1: Right. Maybe so. Maybe so. But uh no, she was embarrassed once she realized like that it, like that she freaked out and didn't need to call nine one one. <laughs> but it was a nice test that we know that the ambulance that's right down the street can get to our house really fast. But go. they made a big deal. like They didn't just come in to check on her, they dragged the stretcher into the house and everything. Oh my gosh. So it made a big deal. Thankfully, we don't know any neighbors here. <laughs> so no one came over to check on us. And Emma and Brooks slept through the whole thing and didn't believe me when I told them in the morning.
0: Oh, wow. Totally
1: so it was fun, though, but ruined my sleep.
2: Kids make you do crazy things sometimes. Agreed. <laughs> right. You going somewhere with that? No, no, I just, I got it. I got to, the, the baby keeps on getting these uh, blotches all over herself. I don't want to get TMI here, but like she has allergies and stuff and it just, it stresses you out and, and you tend to overreact sometimes. And don't Google rashes on babies because uh, that's not good either. So just, they, they can cause you to freak out. So I'm We're, experiencing the freak out at my own house.
0: We're making a visit to Niagara Falls next weekend, and based on my kids' behavior the last week, we might come home with less kids. Uh, Why are you going to Niagara Falls for a weekend? A week, it's just a weekend trip to yeah, like Niagara Falls. That's a Falls. long trip. What are you doing? We <laughs> like to also, go on trips. We like some to go, people on trips. go to the ocean. Oh, you go to Niagara Falls. This past weekend, we sat around twiddling our thrums watching a terrible Ravens game. Excuse me if we want to get oh. out of the house and go do something fun. But isn't Niagara Falls like 20 hours? No, it's uh less than seven. No. Yeah. From Baltimore, yeah, 6:45. Oh, I was going. The from time Florida. of day you leave. Yeah, coming what? from you, yeah. No, I, know. Hours. Okay. No, I know.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I thought it was much further from Baltimore. So, are you really just going like for a weekend, like a whim? You guys decided to just go to Niagara Falls?
0: Yeah. Well, it's Mackenzie's birthday, 14th birthday, and it's somewhere she's wanted to go. So we're like, screw it, let's go. It'll be fun.
1: All right, this is Dave and Buster's or Niagara Falls.
0: (laughs) Or Costco. (laughs) I go to Costco no matter whose birthday it is. It's always someone's birthday at Costco. (laughs) Uh, Here, I can
1: bring us back. Speaking of kids, John Angelos, Peter Angelos' kid, made comments this week about how the Orioles will be in Baltimore as long as Fort McHenry is overseeing Baltimore or something like that.
0: Yeah, and then the next the next headline is uh they're dismantling Fort McHenry in spring of 2021.
1: <laughs> well, I thought it was I thought it was kind of like it's great. It's a great Baltimore quote. Get everyone excited. But I do think it was kind of funny because it's like, well, Fort McHenry's not watching over anyone anymore. It's a little touristy like trap of what used to be. It's kind of like kind of like the Orioles are now.
0: <laughs>
1: Memories of what used to be.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little bit embarrassing that they had to even, like, that Orioles, I mean, Orioles Twitter had to, like, make this thing that Peter Angelos Peter, uh, Peter announces that, you know, the Orioles will stay in Baltimore. Like, what? Like, you do not well, I don't it, think you need, you didn't even need to make that announcement. Of course they staying in Baltimore. Where else would they go? Right. What, because right. some crazy hack from some news station says he heard somewhere that Nashville's going to, they're going to move to Nashville? No, like, no one took that guy seriously. There was no like even need Lester. for this discussion. Wasn't huh? that guy
1: Michael Olesker? That was like a like a he was like a real news reporter one at one point. He was like a respected Sun journalist or something.
0: He's an editorial writer, if that's who you're talking about, Michael Olesker.
1: Yeah, like he used to be. Now he works for some random website and he wrote the article about the Orioles moving in Nashville.
0: Mm. Oh, I was talking about Nasty
2: Nestor.
1: Oh no, Nasty Nester has just been writing. He's just been writing about the Orioles moving uh, anywhere. There's been lots of stuff this season, so it is embarrassing that the Orioles have to come out and say something, but at least hopefully it'll shut up some rumors for a while.
2: Yeah, though it didn't shut up Nestor, because he said, until they sign that lease.
1: Right, did he bring out the the, uh, the video of a uh, drunk Robert Ursay saying like he won't sell the team or won't move the team or whatever?
0: <laughs> yeah, that he wasn't in Jacksonville and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's all words. Yeah.
2: alright well, well we'll wrap up for today but we got a whole off season to get to. we gotta revisit some old predictions
1: bold predictions yeah next week. time now for bold predictions
0: alright time sure next I'm, week I'm
1: sure <laughs> we all made some embarrassing predictions but at the same time uh, it'll be curious we also guessed on how many wins right yeah. I don't remember that episode.
2: Can, 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 can I tell you something embarrassing? I'll just give you one little spoiler about the bold predictions.
1: All right. I, was, I said Chris Davis is going to be amazing when wins comeback player of the year, right?
2: There was only one person perfect with their bold predictions. Perfect? Yes. Oh, you mean as far as the standings? I mean as far as what they predicted will happen.
1: Oh, really? What did you predict was ha- would happen? Obviously, you're saying you were the perfect one.
2: Nope. <laughs> the intern. Oh the intern. no! The, I intern. Thought the intern was even there. Yeah, so you get tuned in next is, week when you hear what the, the intern, intern predicted, here. and he nailed it. Wow. Yeah, tune in next week. All right, that's your teaser. Right. Check that out. All right, boys and girls, well check us out on all the uh, usual social platforms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Twitter>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, so-
1: all right, I don't think I can play the music because it shuts you off. So it's we'll really go without...
0: loud. It's really loud. <laughs> Is it, like it really I'm over loud? Shouting. Yeah, I all can't right. hear Matt when I'm hearing the music.
1: All right, it's quiet in my headphones. So, all right, we'll go out without music. <laughs> Just all pretend right. you're hearing the music right now.
0: Bad birds! I was
2: saying before you started screaming in my ear that you can follow us on all those common social media sites, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you can also follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter.
0: At Bert Rohde.
2: You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Rooker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens.